Welcome to the Rider Up Podcast, presented by Visit Virginia's Blue Ridge, America's East Coast mountain biking capital, where we talk about how much we love bicycles. Dan's a crazy downhiller, and John will be walking with a cane in a few years. But nobody loves cycling more than these two. Coming to you from Virginia's Blue Ridge, let's meet the hosts, Dan Lucas and John Carlin. Welcome to the Rider Up Podcast, presented by Visit Virginia's Blue Ridge. We are recording a Cardinal Bicycle in the Grandin Village location in Roanoke, Virginia. I'm John Carlin. And my name is Dan Lucas. We have an awesome show today. We've got a couple fantastic guests. They're, they're not, uh, they're, they're different. Yes. You know? they're, they're, yes. They're from two different time periods, two different perspectives, but they're both incredibly interesting, and I'm pretty pumped about it. And they came here together of their own volition and <laughs> own suggestion. So we have a guy that I'm going to describe as the poet laureate of cycling. He's a, he's a, uh, a literary guy. He teaches at Holland's University here in Roanoke. And then we've got a, a 13-year-old downhill mountain biker. Yep. He, um, you know, I'm just going to call him my protege, and that oh. is Henry Owens. And, uh-huh. um, and uh, yeah, it's fantastic. It's going to be great to talk to both of them, get their perspectives on the cycling world that we live in here in uh, Virginia's Blue Ridge. And uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a great show. I'm yeah, excited. Yeah. And, and our other guest is Thorpe Meckel, uh, who wanted Henry to come on because yep. they, they ride together some. Yeah. And, uh, and Thorpe is just an unbelievable writer. I mean, he's one of these people. He opens his mouth, and, and, and he's not going to do that today. But let's say he opens his keyboard, and the poetry yeah. just flows from him. And he, he is able to describe bicycling in a way that I think many of us wish we could. Yeah, it's it's right? interesting to read his stuff, and I'm, we're going to link all that because you should all drop. Wait till you're done listening to this podcast, and then uh, stop whatever you're doing and and go read some of his stuff. It's fantastic. Yeah, absolutely, and he's published books, and he also has a uh, this thing called a short stack, which is Substack. Substack. Yes, short stack. That's yeah. like short pancakes. stack is pancakes. Yeah, which is what I had yesterday morning <laughs> at IHOP. It was amazing. <laughs> I did have the protein pancakes. Oh, though. very good. Yeah. But um, yeah. So Substack. Um, but it's kind of like a blog. Yes. Uh, yeah. only only slightly evolved. Evolved. Fair? Yeah. Fair. Yep, it's going to be good. Yeah. All right. So we usually at this point talk about where we've been riding, but at, but today we can talk about where we rode together. Together, yeah. Which is the first. I yeah. We do this podcast. Is. We've known each other, but yeah. this is the first time we've ever ridden together. First time, and it was a blast. Yeah. So tell everybody what we did. Yeah. Um, so we have been threatening to get John on an e-bike, and uh, that happened. So... Um, he came in and uh, kind of went over the process, like what the bike was. Um, we were riding Specialized Levo, the full power units. Um, mountain bikes. Mountain bikes. And um, we took off from um, the Rider Up Podcast HQ here at, <laughs> at Cardinal. Cardinal. And we rode down the Greenway and then uh, up Mill Mountain. And uh, it was a blast. We, we got to climb all the way to the Star, enjoy that view, and then rip back down to the shop here. Um, and uh, got into a lot of different trails. Um, I think, was this the, I mean, you've ridden Mill Mountain, but is this the first time you've ridden up the trail, or like in that way? In that way it yeah. is, yeah. I've, I've, you know, I've got my regular mountain bike, and I ride on yeah. Mill Mountain occasionally, uh, but it's a lot of climbing it on is. Mill Mountain, yeah. it, which is, if I'm leaving home and I'm thinking, hmm, I've got to do a lot of uphill today, uh, maybe I won't even leave home. <laughs> 
<laughs> because and and honestly um mill mountain has fantastic trails but they can be a little technical sure yeah right yeah and so technical and tired can mm-hmm. can lead to sometimes a trip over the handlebars yeah so. de- de- definitely mill mountain i always say is a very intermediate mountain and i'd agree it, it is intermediate technically for a lot of folks um if you've been riding a long time maybe not but if you are you know if you're just getting into it if you are have only been riding a short time it's definitely intermediate and then physically for sure it's intermediate because it only gains 700 feet about from the river um however that 700 feet comes at you really fast it does uh and so you're you got to put in a pretty significant effort um to, to get up to the top, to get to, you know, get to the top where the star is. So, so we have, we were on the Levos yep. and these are, um, in the, in a good, better, best, these are, um, just south of best. Correct. Right. Yes. These are really nice bikes. Yeah. Really, really nice bikes. And I got to tell you that I had a blast. <laughs> I, it really, I'm riding up a trail that I would have been huffing and puffing up yeah. with one hand on the handlebar. Yeah talking over my shoulder, talking to you, <laughs> but still riding, yeah. you know, still cognizant of yeah. what's going on around me, not flying, mm-hmm. uh, just riding at an easy pace, but I, I wasn't out of breath and I wasn't getting a bunch of lactic acid in my legs. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's that, that's a tool just like, you know, just like a hammer, that e-bike is a tool. Right. And you can use it a lot of different ways. And so... Um, you know, in this situation, we're just using it. We're using it to get to the top to experience it. Um, it can be used in a way, f- you know, f- full on for exercise because you can you can select the mode you need. And you could have been riding really hard and breathing heavy and building lactic acid up in your legs. Um, but in this case, we we're just able to pop it up a little bit, rip up the mountain, and we weren't going too fast. We passed people there. You know, everybody was very uh, polite and. Um, and that you know that's the way it should be. It can you can use it for enjoyment too? Just getting you, up and, and you can. Yeah. And, and but I, I I have to tell you that uh, I could see where e bike having an e bike would make me park my <laughs> regular mountain bike. Yeah, uh, a good a good percentage of yeah. the time. So it, it was really it was fun and it was easy. And yeah. at the end of the day, why not? Yeah, I have um, I have access to them. You know basically when I want, um, but I am very measured at my usage because, you know, it, you can quickly get addicted to just being able to hop on and not use as much of your power, let the bike, you know, carry you and, and you can get laps in, you can get, I mean, it's just, it's really fun. It really is. It's a different sort of riding. You have to think about it a little bit differently than you would if you were just pedaling your regular bike. Um, so there's pros and cons to it, just like anything else. Um, but uh, I always tell everybody, I warn you, if you try it, <laughs> you're going to yeah. want one. It, it, it's going to super fun. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't think I was going to want one, and I now, I now want one. Yeah. I, I haven't yet changed over to <laughs> um, I'm making plans to save money to buy one. Yeah. But I want one. Yeah, you know, yeah. I really, I really do. But now I will tell you that we were actually shooting a story for Channel 10. Yep. While, while we did this, uh, I have a segment that, that airs uh, at least once a month 
on Channel 10, the NBC affiliate here in Roanoke, uh, called John Carlin's Outdoors. And sometimes it's fishing, sometimes it's hiking, sometimes it's biking. And I have a really hard time not making it all biking, biking yeah. with some fishing and <coughs> nothing else. But so I try, you know, and the, yeah. and the people back at the station were like, John, could you just not do all bikes? <laughs> but, but we shot this with, we had a 360 camera. Yeah. Uh, we had a drone. I had a, um, we had a cameraman yeah. who was with us so using a regular this TV camera. This is big camera, production. And two GoPros. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Mounted various places. Everywhere. So we had just about every angle you could possibly want for this story. Yeah. And I want to thank Dan for sort of being my guide, but also explaining to everybody, you know, how these bikes work, uh, showing us where the brain is, where the battery is, what the life is. We talked a little bit about the expense of the bike. Yeah. But um, at the end of the day, I think people can watch this story and come away with either information or just a wow that was fun to watch yeah experience Don't yeah you think? yeah i a hundred percent agree and it was uh it was fun to make um and i've i, I think i'm i don't know if i said it in the interview or whatever but you know i i feel like there's a, a point in time in my life i was pretty ignorant and against um e-bikes mm -hmm. and, and everybody's entitled to their opinion there's people that are not going to be crazy about them and that's fine it's it's totally fine but i've hundred percent kind of flipped uh, my viewpoint um, after experiencing and helping others experience uh, riding a different way. And um, so I, I think we were able to share that and I thought it was pretty cool because there's hopefully there's people out there that see that and, you know, see an opportunity to get back to, to doing something that they love outdoors you know, riding their bike, whether it's off-road or on-road. Right. No, so. uh, no, I would agree with that. And the thing I like about these bikes is they stop helping you when you get over 20 miles an hour. Yeah. Yep. Now, that's not true of all e-bikes. Correct. But this particular bike is, and you told me that you cannot even reprogram that after you buy the bike. You can't no. say, oh, uh, I want it to be 30 instead of 20. Yeah. No, there's, so that's a, cl it's a class one e-bike and that okay. is limited, um, uh, assist level up to 20 miles per hour. And so that's what we were riding. Um, it is sophisticated enough that it will not allow you to reprogram it. Even me that has access to the software, I cannot reprogram it. There are some that you can, and they are very selective and particular about the bikes that they do allow you to, to reprogram to a class three, which is up to 28 miles per hour assisted and those are typically reserved for commuter applications because you need to be able to get up to the speed of traffic or, or whatever sure which makes sense yeah. because when we left the shop here uh we were in a bike lane mm -hmm. on a on a highway in town uh and so we were going along and the bike was perfect for that and then we rode a good long section of greenway for several miles yep. before we then transitioned onto the trails to go up the mountain and then we rode off-road for for the rest of it and right we, and we wound up at the star and i got to say that the drone shot of you and i arrived so at good. the star, it was pretty sweet it's really it good was nice yeah. yeah um so uh but I, now i will tell you that uh, because i know the e-bike controversy continues um forever and, it and, will. and and it will uh but here is where uh, where i draw the line because i was riding my road bike on that same greenway mm -hmm. the other night and I passed a kid on uh, on a uh, a consumer e-bike, not yep. a bike shop e-bike. Correct. All right. And I passed <laughs> him and he was he was riding and and I don't think he was wearing a helmet and his seat was too low <laughs> and he was probably 
a tween, yeah. say 12. He might have even been drinking a big gulp out of a straw. Nice. You know, while he was riding with one hand on the handlebars. And I went by him, and I thought, well, good for him. He's on the greenway, and he's he's not using all the all the capacity of that bike. Mm-hmm. Next thing I know, and I'm going like 18 miles an hour. Yeah. Right? Next thing I know, here he comes by me, not pedaling, hands not on the handlebars yeah. and he's just hitting hit a button it's and, a throttle, and he's yeah. hit the throttle yeah. and he goes by me like i'm standing still yeah and there's people walking their dogs and all that and at that point i think it's inappropriate yeah that, so there's there's a there's a Absolutely. line there i mean and For that's sure. that's me being judgmental but that's where i draw my line yeah there's uh, I, I'll agree with you. I think throttles should be reserved for uh, commuting, on-road commuting in a bike lane because mm-hmm. uh, it is at that point a motor vehicle that is capable of getting to a speed that could really, really hurt someone. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I agree 100%. I do believe that the law or the rules for the Greenway in Roanoke do say now no throttle assist. Um, I, I might be wrong. I thought that was a... a, I, a I kind of thought know. it was too, but I mean... They can't really... They, like, what are they going to do? Yeah. It, right? And you're pretty, uh, technically, yeah. you're not supposed to be out there on one of those... Um, the one wheels or whatever. One wheels yeah. or a longboard skateboard that's... that's e, E-boards. E-boards, yeah. you know. But, but uh, you know, I mean, it's not a huge problem. This kid no. wasn't causing any trouble. It was... Maybe I was just annoyed that I was going 18 and he went by me not pedaling. With his big gulp. With his big gulp and no helmet. You just wanted you know? it to be you. <laughs> right. But he was, you know, I mean, he was just a kid out having a good yeah. time. It's yeah. just, I, it's just if, ev- if that was everybody, then I could see where the uh, people who really don't like e-bikes for any reason start to have a more solid argument. Yeah. Yep. Right. So, all right. So anyway, that was a great time. Yeah. That fantastic time. time. Yep. All right. Welcome back to the Rider Up podcast presented by Visit Virginia's Blue Ridge. We're recording today at Cardinal Bicycles Grandin Village location. John Carlin here with Dan Lucas. We have a special guest right now, actually a couple of guests. Uh, one of them is Thorpe Meckel, who is an associate professor of writing and the director of the Jackson Center for Creative Writing at Holland University. But most importantly, he is an outdoor guy. And I'm going to nominate him for the Poet Laureate of all bicycles. <laughs> <laughs> so, Thorpe, welcome to the podcast today. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah. Good to be here. And, Dan, you want to introduce our other guest? Yeah. Today, I have the pleasure of interviewing someone I, that I do admire a lot, believe it or not, <laughs> uh, Henry Owens. And uh, he lives for only one thing that I am aware of, and that is riding bikes. So, uh, we'll get into that. Henry, thanks for coming on. Of course. Yeah. So, Thorpe, you wanted, uh, let's just set the stage so people know who they're listening to. Can you just give us a little bit of your background, and then we'll talk a little bit about why you wanted Henry to come with you here this morning. What's your background on the cycling side? Um, I've messed around on bikes since I was very young. Um, Grew up, first bike I had in Memphis, Tennessee, I must have been pre-K. I ended up growing up mostly in Atlanta, Georgia road bikes had a first mountain bike in 86 a ross mount hood wow Uh, neat neat mountain bike uh riding the trails along the hooch but i had bmx before that making jumps with the friends and (laughs) that kind of thing um and have always had a bike and was a whitewater person and a river person mostly but always rode bikes at shuttle with them but um in about 2014 I moved right near Carvin's Cove and um, had been living up in Arcadia, taking rides on my old uh, 1990 
26 rigid bike Ooh, and yeah, uh yeah. what was it do you, do you remember what kind of bike it was, it was uh, a, a sky comish a friend had given me um okay. i think he bought it at That's a costco cool. in washington That's state cool. and um it was a neat bike it had nice components and hmm. um but i went over the handlebars a few times over there in arcadia <laughs> i took it up trough and went down um gauntlet on it <laughs> Okay. Not long after moving over there near the Timberview think, entrance uh, to the cove, yeah, and that was a bad Fork idea. Just likes to <laughs> abuse himself. <laughs> Man, and I saw these new bikes people were riding with suspension <laughs> and and stuff, and I said, "Hmm." And I ended up getting uh, upgrading. Yeah, a few yeah. times. So that, yeah. and, uh, that's okay. And plus one, and yes, you keep rolling, yes. right? That's right. And so, uh, and your current bike of choice, your mountain bike uh, of choice, is? I have a an older tall boy for riding at the cove, and uh, <laughs> I ride a, a gunner hardtail for you know the fire road and some gravel, and then I just got a a, a proper carbon gravel bike uh, <laughs> off eBay this past winter. And um, that's been fun. It's an Otso Wahila C. Otso. It's a brand of bike made by Wolf, the Wolf Tooth people up in yeah. Minnesota. Oh, well, it's, oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's all on, Wolf on Tooth ball, on there. Okay. It's okay. Uh, got 2.0 tires on it right now. and um, It's my kind of gravel bike. It's a nice bike. Yeah. Yeah. It's an yeah. almost a mountain bike. That's why it's yeah. my kind of gravel uh, bike. I thought yeah. you were going to say that. All right. Yeah. So, all right. And, uh, and you wanted to bring Henry with you today. I did. I, I thought that... Um, I mean, I've known Henry since he was born, and I've watched him on a skateboard, on bikes, uh, since not long after he was born. And, um, <laughs> I'm always impressed um, by his attitude and his uh, willingness to, I mean, he just loves it. He loves bikes mm -hmm. and loves, um, and he's really good. He's got incredible coordination and, and um, dedication to, to learning things, and he's just passionate. and humble about it so That's i awesome. thought it'd be fun and he just had a big success uh third in the nationals um last weekend yeah. so i thought it'd be fun to get him out here yeah 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 and and dan you are his proud coach i am his proud <laughs> coach so um i'm sure everybody will be tired of hearing me say it <clears throat> but i coach a downhill team <laughs> yeah really yeah that been mentioned once or twice yeah. on the podcast yeah. yeah literally every episode but um, Henry is uh, one of he, um, Henry, and then my daughter Izzy were the first two kids that were ever signed up for the team, and that is because uh, Henry's dad, uh, my good friend John Guy, and I started it for the kids. And um, but I was coaching you before this team was a thing, <laughs> yeah. And uh, so I'm super proud to be able to say that because. Uh, um, I think I taught him a couple things. There's, a, you know, I, I was able to give him a few, but uh, you know, natural skill and the the natural ability to to pick up the trail and know what to do are are things that I I couldn't give him. He just had that innate, which is pretty cool. So, um, yeah, national. Uh, he's got third in the dual slalom for at national champs, which is pretty epic in my opinion <laughs> yeah. your dad texted me or your mom actually texted me yeah and i was freaking out it was pretty awesome um, <laughs> there's not much service down at rock creek where he was um and uh doing doing well in the downhill southeast that's a series that we run Mm -hmm. And um, so, yeah, that's a that, well, that's uh, my connection. I have seen pictures of Henry going off some 
big <laughs> yeah. jumps. It's not quite Red Bull yet, but it's... There's some of them are Red Bull. Some yeah, are they? Yeah. Well, I'm thinking They're of, literally branded Red Bull. <laughs> oh, are they? Okay. <laughs> I was thinking, what's the one out west? Oh, in, yeah, in the Utah? Rampage. The yeah. Rampage. It's not quite Rampage. Yeah. Um, but Henry, uh, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm yeah. excited. All right. And so, Henry, I, I really am, am curious about... Uh, We've seen you going over these big jumps, but you've been riding bikes, as Thorpe said, pretty much since you could walk. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've really been raised around it, though, because when I was maybe three, I think, I got my first uh, Strider bike. No, I was two when I got a Strider bike. And then I think four, I got my first bike, my first pedal bike. That um, that that bike, I still have that bike. Um I still kind of ride it around sometimes, but um, that's fine. Uh, you, yeah. If you put anything, any level of bike with you know two wheels, four wheels, <laughs> doesn't really matter in front uh-huh. of the kid. It, like if nothing else is happening, he'll be on it. It'll be fun, trying man. to. He'll be trying to. <laughs> Three it or one eight. If and if there's a piece of wood and a block, like a cinder block, uh-huh. like it's all over. He'll be jumping. It, it'll be in the air, whatever it is. <laughs> I love yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. So why why are bikes so interesting to you? I mean, there's a lot of a lot of kids out there that just want to stare at their phones all day. Yeah. And maybe you do when you're not on the bike. But what is it about bikes that are so interesting to you? I don't know. Like so, I went to um, Mountain View Elementary, and then I went from there to community school. And I made, I have lots of friends, but most of my friends come from mountain biking and regular biking um, and skateboarding. I, it, it's where most of the community that I'm from comes from, and I enjoy it so much. It's just what I do, really. Uh-huh. So yeah. if it comes down to Woods Time versus a video game, you would choose... Woods time, most likely, yeah. <laughs> Man, that's so I, awesome. I'd love to know the... Um, the uh, the number of gallons of gas your mom and dad have spent driving you <laughs> to the woods. Um, but, you know, like when you look at that, the the investment in gasoline and time um, mm-hmm. and what you get out of it is incredible. Because, like, it, they could have taken the easy answer of, oh, let's just, you know, let's, it's easier to stay home and, and, and not go. Yeah. But they didn't. And, and <laughs> knowing your dad, and if anybody out there knows John Guy, you'll understand why. Yeah. But um, I think it's cool, and I'll say for my part, like Henry, um, if if there's a challenge on the table, like he's gonna go after it. Um, and I love to coach people like that because you know sometimes you can throw things out there and and nobody's interested in what you're trying to have them do. Right. But if it's a challenge, uh, you get somebody at least one of them excited <laughs> about it. Um, then that's kind of contagious for the rest of the team, and so it's uh, it's good to have someone that I can. It can be whatever I'll say. Get in your easiest gear and see how <laughs> we did that. Out <laughs> yeah, so I remember that. Get in your that. easiest gear and see how fast you can go around this flat track. And and Henry gave it his all, and so he was the <laughs> fastest. Yeah. And then everybody else couldn't stand it, and they tried to beat him. <laughs> uh-huh. and, uh, so it's a useful tool to have somebody like Henry, too. Like, he may not know it, but he helps me. <laughs> get, get these guys whipped into shape is pretty okay. good. Okay, all right. Now, Henry, you do enduro, too, right? Uh, Yeah, occasionally. Oh, occasionally? Yeah. Um, th- those are pretty hard. Um, I did one at Mass and Nutton last year. That's where my friend Rowan... Uh, had a pretty big crash, mm-hmm. so that was 
that was a pretty fun enduro. It, they're very they're very hard though. So which part I, is hard for you? I think it's like the amount of like quote unquote race runs you have because mm-hmm. there's there's so much to focus on because you have all the climbing and all the places to go and then you have to focus on a race run and then you're exhausted when you get to the bottom you're burnt and then you have to do it like four more times so so and if anybody's listening and and enduro format is typically you know four to five segments that are timed and those timed sections are downhill only then you have transition stages where you have to pedal they are untimed um that's the time you can fix your bike or get something to eat or rest or whatever and then if it's at a park you'll get to ride the lift or a shuttle or whatever if it's not then you have to pedal your way up so there is a significant amount of fitness required um for the uphills as well as downhills and so you don't have to just memorize one track you have to memorize four or five <laughs> yes right and so it's mentally exhausting as well and i would think that a downhill bike at the level that he's competing is not designed for climbing correct no it's correct yeah so <laughs> enduro bikes are a segment they're long travel but they still pedal okay mm-hmm. the downhill bikes he's racing at downhill southeast and things like that they do not pedal awesome. Like they are used no. to get up to speed, and then he does everything he can to maintain that speed heading down the mountain. Like, if, yeah, you know, pedal strokes are great, but if you can keep the speed without it, it's the fastest way. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All yeah. right. I I want to know. Uh, I was thinking about this question earlier. You had asked him something else, but I want to know just what your favorite what your favorite track is. Like it could be oh. a let's say your favorite um down or your favorite racetrack. And then also give me your favorite trail here um, in, in the hometown. Oh, that is hard. Okay, so favorite racetrack. Man, I would probably say maybe Snowshoe. Okay. Maybe, like, um, it's so there's so many different parts of it. Cause, you like this year's Snowshoe track? Yeah. Okay, so that was, that was 10 Gallon. Lower Hairball. Or no, gallon, Upper Hairball. Pro DH. Up, uh, upper hair into lower hair. Yeah, yeah. So, there, there's so many different parts of it. There's like, there's the big jumpy, like big berm stuff at the top. More, like bike park stuff. Then you get into the woods, and there was like fresh cut stuff on ten gallon, mm-hmm. super slippery and whatever. Then there was like the uh, uh, lower hair ball, which is just painful because it's yeah. just all <laughs> rock and holes and everything. Um. Then you get back to the bottom, and there's more like big berms and jumpy and flowy stuff. It was, it was really fun to try and get used to that whole track. Mm-hmm. It I had a hard time with it, um, but it was it was I enjoyed it yeah. because there's so many different parts of it. Yeah, Snowshoe is yeah. a special place just for our team in general. It's like mm-hmm. it's kind of hometown. Yeah, um, we got to shout out Massa <laughs> Nutton though because they are a sponsor of the team. And uh, they're technically our home track. Um, we're mm-hmm. kind of bummed we don't get to race there this year. Yeah. Um, but uh, that might be my favorite just because it's so weird and hard. Yeah, it's it's like all of Lower Hairball, just the whole mountain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, and a lot. It's kind of pokey, too. <laughs> you got you got a podium there. Like, you won that race last year. Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. so he, he, he won the um, uh, Massanutten Downhill Southeast in 2022. Okay. So he, like... You talk about you know smooth is fast like he is he is smooth and that's why he was able to get that that's I think that's why you like those rough tracks you can I be think a little so, bit yeah. smooth a little bit faster than those other people so. how far would you like to see your bike career go oh gosh I have no idea <laughs> um 
I, I don't know. There's like there are more opportunities for it in college. I think there there are more teams and stuff. I really haven't thought that far through it. Mm-hmm. Um, there would be some fun stuff to do in college and other things I could do like clubs and some teams. Maybe start a team in college or something. Mm-hmm. That's really as far as my mind has went though. <laughs> All right. So, you know, I see, I always see young talent, and I just jump straight to the Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? They don't have downhill in the Olympics, though. Yeah. Like, isn't that crazy? That's crazy. Sad. It's, uh, because it's a, it's a very TV-friendly Oh, my gosh. Sport, the, yeah. Right? Just, yeah. Yeah, just the marketing value alone, or the people mm-hmm. they pick up watching it would be crazy. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. come on, if you, NBC, I know you're listening, or whoever has it, come on. <laughs> get, get your act together. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I mean, and then there's always, I mean, Red Bull, which is more people yeah. watch yeah. that than well, uh-huh. sure watch the Olympics. But, yeah. Well, well, you know, um, Henry's at a, an area in his writing where he does have an opportunity, and so um, the he is at the right time in the sport because the sport's growing like crazy. So that downhill southeast, I've mentioned it a couple times, um, and that is the kind of big series in the states, especially on the East Coast. And uh, Nico, the boss man, Nico Malali, is, he's a professional racer, World Cup athlete, and he's running it, um, but he's done a very good job, and so he's grown the sport to a huge point. Henry's there at the right time because if he's in front of the right people, they're going to say, hey, I would love to, to get you on a bike. I would love to get you on a team and give him an opportunity to really compete, who knows, in Europe or whatever, yeah, on the UCI right. circuit. So, you know... He might not be thinking that, but <laughs> I like I would love to see him out there competing because you know he has that he's thirteen right mm-hmm. you got you got a lot of room ahead of you to to uh, grow and be better and be faster so yeah um, that's a lot of pressure if that's not something you're into that's not you don't have to <laughs> yeah do that. no but, I mean just go do, go have fun yeah. but um, whether it's a national level athlete or an international level athlete like honestly man the you know, whatever door you want to walk through, I think you're at the place that you can start making those decisions for yourself, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, and, and it's, you know, it's a certain point, um, talent is a big issue because yep. you can you can train and train and train and become better and better and better mm-hmm. until you reach you know, whatever your DNA suggests is your ultimate level. Like, I, you know, if I'd wanted to be a World Cup bicyclist of any description, that was gonna, <laughs> that was going to not happened for very long right <laughs> right <laughs> like i know i just wasn't born with that that talent um but it sounds like you know, that henry's you know he's ahead of the curve here. He, he won't say it for himself but right. i'll say it for him right. that's why i'm looking it. at you yeah. instead of henry yeah. Yeah. yeah i'll say he's got it no okay problem. all right that's uh, awesome it's nice yeah. to hear yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right no pressure well and we'll we'll link um i will find some we'll put out the uh Instagram profile, and then we'll also link. Uh, we're gonna link link Thorpe's um, uh, Substack as well right. as his um, uh, information. There's some stuff on Henry there, and then um, if we have any uh, any cool videos, we'll link them. And just remember, if you're watching this on YouTube or looking at it on Instagram and it looks big, 
it is 10 times bigger in person. I just want you all to know that. <laughs> right, right. I, I saw some of the still yeah. pictures, and, and I thought, mm, okay, yeah. not me. Not me now, not me then. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, let's, uh, you know, we uh, l- let me reset just a little bit here. Uh, it's the Rider Up podcast presented by Visit Virginia's Blue Ridge. We're recording a Cardinal Bicycle in Roanoke, Virginia. And uh, Vis- uh, Virginia's Blue Ridge is America's, America's East Coast mountain biking capital and we have hundreds of miles of local trails and word is just starting to get out about how great the mountain biking is around here and 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 to that i would add the road biking and the gravel biking as well uh and i i participate in all of those uh disciplines at at whatever level you want to you know participate is probably the best way to describe me (laughs) i still i still do it but the point is i ride my road bike i ride my gravel bike i ride my mountain bike all regularly and i never have to go far from home or else i'll just leave from home or from work and, and and go ride and this is just a fantastic place to do it and one of the guys who really has sort of captured that is thorpe who we introduced a little while ago so thorpe um what what is your favorite kind of riding you mentioned you just got a new a new nice gravel bike but yeah. you live right next to carvin's cove which is our little mecca for mountain biking what what's your preferred method um you know, it, it <laughs> Boy, depends on how I'm right? 52 years old. It okay. depends on how the body feels these days. Right. Um, let's, you know, sometimes, and, and the weather and the quality of, you know, if we've had a bunch of rain, um, I'll try to avoid the trails. Um, mm-hmm. Or I'll find, you know, I'll ride gravel or I'll ride fire road uh, mm-hmm. or road. Um, if it's real cold, I'd like to be in the woods. Um, it just depends on, on how I feel. And I like that. That one bike I mentioned, the Gunner, it has 100 millimeters of front suspension and 2.0 sort of mountain tires. So I can take that up on the fire road in the cove. And if I want, I can ride lakeside on it and mm-hmm. um, and have to really be careful about my lines and stuff. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I don't, uh, equal opportunity rider. It just depends on the day and um, the amount of time I have. But it's really amazing to be able to ride right from my house and be on trough yeah in a, in a mile or hang a left on timberview and go down to hinchy uh and climb hinchy and go around the cove or ride to work on the road at holland university 20 minutes to get to school on the road and then if i can leave my laptop in the office ride home around the cove and veer off on whatever trails i want um it's or or go on a road ride head down timberview and get on 311 and and go out uh bradshaw right you know do you, do you have a straight up road bike also well i just gave away my surly pacer uh to a friend who's given me a couple <laughs> bikes over the years um but that that also is very capable on the road and i have some smaller tires some 38s they're not super small but right. <laughs> I'm looking to hope, hopefully get another wheel set that I can just slap on there and, um, you know, go road riding on that. Now, you have, uh, Dan used the word before, uh, substack. 
Yes. So you have a substack which is called Out mean? of True, mm-hmm. and but that is a word that I don't think has reached the general population yet. Is that like blogging 2.0? What what is a substack? And then let's talk more importantly yeah. about what you actually write and talk about. Yeah, substack. Uh, the reason I chose substack is it's not there are no ads on it for one. The platform itself is really simple, mm-hmm. editing wise. Um, I read many Substacks. I find it um, interesting. It's just an amazing amount of interesting thinkers and writers are using it. Um, and I, but the main reason I chose it was with those two things. The there are no ads, um, and there's. Uh, but it is reader supported, right? Well. If I, many of them you have to pay and subscribe to. I do not require that Mm -hmm. on mine. Um, I chose it. I mean, I've always written um, and and published poems, stories, essays in literary journals, which are read mostly by literary people (laughs) who also write. And um, those journals are not too interested in biking related writing. and uh, and I just thought, wow, let's let's start a Substack and um, and see what it, and see what happens. Right. Um, and I've found it to be a lot of fun. I've met some people. I'm I'm here because of it. Right. It's really neat. And uh, so I put my I've decided to put my writing on there and then mix in um, poems, essays, stories about cycling from all over the world and that are, that have a literary slant. Um, Obviously, poems have a literary slant. (laughs) Um, Not all of them, but... uh, And then Q&A slash interviews with people um, like Henry. uh, (laughs) uh, People who ride all kinds of things. uh, Mountain bike, downhill, gravel. I have Tony Greaterex on there, who's a rider up in Floyd, who takes great pictures. Uh, Emily Painter, who rides, also takes amazing yes, pictures. So I put, I, I have their photos along with their yeah, responses. Abby, Abby, yeah, 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 Abby, um, great and I'm friend of the show. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, I've got a list of a bunch more people I want to get on there, and I just, you know, I mix this in between. Yeah, I, have, got, I have a job and a family. Got things. Mickey here. Mickey, got, yeah. yeah, yep. Very cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what? I know that. Uh, so. Tell me a little bit about your professional life. So it's at Hollins University. Yeah. But is, you know, you're teaching and... Um, yeah, I'm teaching uh, English and creative writing classes. Okay. Right now I'm on a third year starting soon of a four-year term as director of the Jackson Center for Creative Writing. Fantastic. Second time doing that job um, at a four-year term some years ago. It's my 19th year coming up there at Hollins. Um, so I administer that program. It's an MFA program, a master's in fine arts, creative writing, uh, co-ed. And, um, we have a great reading series. Uh, We bring in nationally, internationally known writers to Hollins to read. Um, and we have great faculty and, and great students. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. I get to Talk about writing. Yeah, it's so, like and, talking about chocolate. And this is like your. Th- this was your. You know, you started the Substack. This is just yeah. your outlet for yourself. Um, yeah, I mean, I always am writing and reading. And um, when you finish something in the writing literary world, there's then you know finishes in quotes, uh, ready to abandon it uh, <laughs> to publication and to readers. 
like I mentioned, you, you submit it to literary journals and they're wonderful literary journals out there. And I, I really appreciate the work they do and, and getting good writing out there. But um, this just felt like, let's try something different and, and just put it up on your Substack because uh, there's a huge lag time. You send something out, you wait three, four months to yeah. get a response. It's usually a rejection. There's a lot of rejection <laughs> in the arts world and that's part of the deal. And um, and then you send it somewhere else and then um, then you get enough things published, you, you send it to a publisher, you try to get a book out of it. Um, and I'm just having fun writing about cycling now. And and, yeah. and it's not just about cycling, it's about the places uh, that the bike takes me and how it, the, con the consciousness, yeah. the mind you're in yeah. when, and how you see things at various speeds yeah. on different kinds of terrain. and. I've always been a sort of amateur naturalist, a plant say, geek. I, I, yeah. I wanted because, yeah. all right, so I read mm -hmm. one one of your posts, and mm -hmm. I can't remember whether it was, and you've written several books as well, mm -hmm. right? Um, Watershed yeah. Days, mm -hmm. um, looking at a list, uh, Arcadia Road. What What is yeah. your most recent one? Uh, a middle grade novel uh, just came out okay. in this past spring. It's called True as True Can Be. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. But you, you were riding along, um, and obviously taking notes on the plants and and maybe the animals mostly the mm -hmm. plants that and and you were you because i kind of recognize more plants than most people mm -hmm. and the difference between you and me is the length of the ocean <laughs> i mean you really are a naturalist you're, you're downplaying it you, you're really into it i mean that's you know, um, years ago, what brought me to writing, I, I fell in love with this river. I was working on the Chattooga River down in the corner of North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, where Deliverance was filmed, a lot of it. Um, and my buddy there, who also worked on the river, we'd go paddling every day after work, sometimes before work, after being on the river, before being on the river. We got really into wanting to share this river more fully with our customers who we're spending eight hours a day in the raft with, learning the plants, the trees, the geology, and um, just fell in love with that whole process, how how hard it is to remember the names year to year, mm -hmm. the whole going to the field guides. This was pre-internet. Um, those books and earmarking the pages and um, learning about the plants, their history, how the Native Americans use them and stuff. Um, and their current current uses he became a botanist is now down in the amazon he has a plant name for him Whoa, i no. became a writer i started writing about and it helped me remember the plants that way okay and the names are amazing the common names and the latin names there's so many strange common names for plants uh depending on where you are so it's the same on a bike you know you see you see things that carbon's cove is an incredible place mushrooms out there right now with this sort of these storms we've been having mm -hmm. are starting to pop up. The chanterelles, the shelf mushrooms, the uh, chicken of the woods, and um, and the wildlife out there. The number of bears and snakes oh, yeah. you see and um, deer. It's especially when you're riding at the at the ends of the day, the morning, early right. morning, and mm -hmm. the evenings. Um, yeah, so um, it's interesting too to see it, you know, from a bike. You notice. You know the the fetter bush is suddenly blooming, uh, and you're going nine miles per hour, and like oh, and it's just, and you think about this is how the deer see it when they're running away from me, right, not, yeah, right. you know, faster than nine miles per hour. Um, so, yeah. So let me let, let me um, dovetail a little bit of our conversation 
that started with Henry mm-hmm. and me saying to him how pleased I was that he w- didn't have his face on a screen the whole time that he was in yeah. the woods. And there are so many people that even to me as a very lay outdoor person in terms of the botany and the biology, um, that I appreciate my ride so much more when I know or recognize something that is happening or changing around me, whether it's the emergence of mushrooms or so forth. And I, mm. you know, I try to take that into account. Most people don't even do that. Mm. But, uh, well, I don't want to say most people don't, but a lot of people that I talk to don't. Yeah. And and how do you how do you get more people to understand the value of riding a bike in the woods? Once you get beyond Dan and Henry's adrenaline-induced rides, <laughs> uh, and and you get to I'm ten years older than you are, Thorpe. Mm-hmm. So when you know now I'm riding in the woods and I'm looking around a lot more yeah. than I used to, or I'm riding on a gravel road and or even the road and, and looking around more than I used to. How do you get people to sort of understand the value of? really knowing how much is happening around them when they're pedaling. Make an Instagram post. (laughs) (laughs) You are killing me, Dan. (laughs) You are killing me. Full of, I just needed to be a troll. Yeah, no, that was funny. I get it. it. You know, I I don't have a simple (laughs) recipe for that, Uh Um, but I think, you know, well, maybe, I think, maybe, I think maybe one has con- to be careful just convince, about... Just convince people that there's... Yeah, I mean, I think people co- will come to that when it's time. And I think there's one has to be careful about forcing that. You've got to, you know, because my buddy who went down to the Amazon, when he went to get his M- master's and PhD at Duke, and we'd start going on walks, I mean, we wouldn't go a mile in an hour <laughs> and he was stopping <laughs> everything and talking Latin to me, and it got really annoying. Did it? Um, okay, yeah. even to you. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, so, and I have to watch that. I know in my writing because I drop a lot of names of things, and um, and that can get annoying to readers. And 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 I like to ride that line, and sometimes but see you, if I can annoy them. You got to you yep. got to figure out who your readership is. And yeah, in a, in a world um, on the internet where everybody has got a niche. Yeah. You know, yeah, maybe that's your niche. But I mean, I have noticed a COVID um, riding at the Cove pre-COVID and then riding at the Cove through COVID. The number of people out there, the the numbers were huge. And it was really, you know, it was inspiring to me. I mean, people walking. I'm not just talking about cyclists, walkers, mm-hmm. hikers, runners. I yeah. was a runner before I got back into cycling and my knees just started hurting too much. So I got back on a bike um, as much as I was running prior to that. Uh, and, um, and I think, again, if someone sees something, uh, and is looking at a flower and sees it multiple times while they're walking down horse pen, you know, mm-hmm. at the end of Timberview, that, that old r- wagon road that goes down to the, co- that cove of, mm-hmm. of the cove, um, you know, they, especially with a phone now, you can just go back up there to the parking lot, take a picture of it and. You don't have to go and get a field guide. Yeah. No, um, and, 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 and you can identify anything. Yeah. Right? Um, I think you can probably get an app that'll tell you exactly what it no, is. Oh, I have the app. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I do. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, I have a couple of them. Yeah. And then the next year they're out there and they think of it and maybe they see it again and they're like, oh, and they may remember it or not. And uh, if they don't, they may go back to the app and it just makes that walk. It gives it a kind of a history and a continuity that I find 
uh, meaningful. Yeah, I think yeah. more people have that experience than maybe we even think, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. especially at the Cove. And just to like brag on it uh, for our area, I mean, it's like it's like twelve thousand acres, yeah. and it's it's a park for us, you yeah. know, for the public, uh, and especially the public of Roanoke and in Salem and, and Blue Ridge and all that. And um, I, I, when you said the the thing about COVID, you know, working in the cycling industry, it was the second big bike boom, you know, mm-hmm. of of the generation, I guess, and more people bought bikes. More people started running and hiking and and biking, and um, I hope that there was a big connection that was made, you know, to nature and to this kind of stuff because of it. Um, and I know for me, you know, I already loved riding. It was not hard to get me to do more of it. But um, I did a lot of solar rides because that's what you did, and I had a lot of really good experiences. And one of the things I enjoyed about reading some of the um, the substacks that or the the writing on your substack was that uh some of them were uh kind of a um what did you what you you call it something it's like uh it's like your train of thoughts through uh an experience mm-hmm. right and i think the experience it's very cliche to say right like mm-hmm. it's uh it's not the journey it's not the destination it's the journey but um, I really enjoyed reading your uh, stream of consciousness through, uh, like the gravel. I read the gravel. Um, what was it called? Gravel. I know what it is. Hold on. Gra- gravel know. persuasion. Gravel persuasion. That's the one. Uh-huh. And um, I I really enjoyed it because it is a story, but it's also like the descriptors and the way you're talking about like the ground was soft and all this stuff. Like it may like I can. You I can, can picture it. that. I yeah. can feel it, and then it just like it fires you up. Like I want to, I know that feeling. I want to go ride right now. Like oh, the, that, the ground's probably like I bet the dirt's like that right now. It's probably hero dirt out there <laughs> on the top of the coat, Henry. <laughs> right. So, um, I think that's really cool. And if it, any of you listening enjoy, you know, cycling, I highly recommend reading some of these because um, it's just like when you see a good movie, you know, and it fires you up about a thing or whatever, or a documentary about something that you enjoy. Um, this gives cyclists the same thing for, for me in my experience. No, um, I, no, I totally agree. And so I, I have two more questions for Thorpe because I know we have some other things we, we have to discuss <laughs> we today. We have to. I, and, and then I'm just going to take Thorpe out for a beer at some point. Yes. And, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit him with the rest of this stuff just for my own personal edification. But question number one, are, are you writing this in your head while you're writing? No, no. You're not? No. You're just doing the experience um, absorbing. and then you go back. And, Sometimes and it, it I'm revised. If I've gotten a, some drafts in and um, I'll go on a ride and uh, a sentence or a paragraph will pop up into my head as I'm going along, like, oh, you need to work on that when, mm-hmm. when you get some time. Okay. Um, but not, um, no, I don't, I, I'd like to just go on a ride and, and have a good ride and, well, and not take my work with me. Well, because I but, never, I never yeah. know, like, because like, yeah. I blog, yeah. you know, yeah. and I wouldn't put yeah. myself in the same class as you or category or anything. Yeah. Uh, mine's very much stream of consciousness yeah. type stuff, um, or it's or it's about something because I'm a news guy, you know, mm-hmm. so it's about mm-hmm. something. But, um, uh, but I just, I, I don't know where the writer stops and the rider begins. Well, yeah. I'm not sure I can always draw that line. Sure. Even for me. Yeah. I mean, I'm always, I don't know. The writing thing, it's a mysterious process. But um, uh, 
you know, there's, I was working on something this morning uh, about a big wreck I had at, on Gauntlet when Henry, I remember Henry that. and John got, <laughs> uh, it was, it was bad. Um, that was really bad. <laughs> fractured my T12, cracked Ooh. some ribs, Ooh. lots of things. Yeah. Um, I was by myself. What it was you get for almost Henry? dark. If, no, I'm by myself oh, in February. Oh, Just my man. evening ride uh, on my gunner, taking my little, you know, on Gauntlet, on Gauntlet my 71 degree. Head tango. Yeah. <laughs> Being under bike is one of the most fun things. It is going fun until, until until you fracture happens. your D twelve. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, but I certainly wasn't thinking about writing about that at the time, or um, I was just on a ride trying to beat the daylight and you know clear my head after uh, another day. Right. Um, yeah. Okay, so you're kind of a bicycle philosopher. And, and, and Dan and I go back and forth all the time because he's this, you know, downhill, crazy downhill mm -hmm. mountain biker and he's coaching and, he's, and, and, and Henry is, you know, doing his thing and they're, they're all there. And, uh, yeah, and a lot of times, for time's sake, I just get on my road bike and yeah. go. And Dan looked at me and he says, why do you even bother? Like, why do you even <laughs> ride your road bike? And I went, hey, Dad. I can have a good answer for him. Oh. <laughs> you know, I mean, I know I enjoy it, but I can't describe why I enjoy it. Yeah, but you can. Well, that's what the the subtitle of the Substack is: out of true on bicycles and the places we ride them and why. And my 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 Strava name is why not ride N H A T. W-R-Y-D-E. <laughs> That's my strong <laughs> um, I, I, I mean, it's just bikes. I love that expression. It's just bikes. Uh, you've probably seen it. It's maybe a sticker or something. It's just bikes. We're just something we did as kids, and we're still doing it. We're lucky to have the to live in a time where we have the ability to do that. We don't have to go mm, yeah. home and, 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 you know, milk the cow, et cetera. <laughs> we, can, right. we have the the means to ride a bike uh, before or after work or some of us for work. Um, they're neat machines. I mean, the machines themselves they're are cool. so, I mean, as I've looked through um, old writing on bikes, especially from the 19th century when bikes were invented and, and the way it changed uh, women's rights, for example, or uh, provided transportation and uh, changed the way the reliance on horses um, you know, that was a transportation and then people got bikes and they didn't have to feed the horse. Like you didn't have to feed your bike except some oil and <laughs> some maintenance now and then. Um, and, um, but again, in the end it's just bikes and, um, you know, I'm just happy to, my body still lets me ride a lot. I love jumping on my bike, just riding or taking my trash on my bike to the trash can. Uh -huh. I mean, that makes me feel good. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, that's you what know, it is, yeah, right? okay. you know, All I right. love to jump on a bike. Okay. I'll jump on my mountain bike and ride down Timberview to Parkway Brewery. You know, it's mm -hmm. a road ride mm -hmm. on a mountain bike. I don't care. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. right? You know, and I'll grab a, again, bent. Yeah, right, <laughs> yeah. right. okay. They're good. All right. Yeah. yeah. That's, uh, that's my, yeah. uh, that's one of my choices at Parkway also. <laughs> yeah. Although I like the Ravens Roost Dark, but we're, oh, we're digressing. That's a winner now. choice for me. <laughs> yeah, oh, okay. okay. <laughs> we're digressing. <laughs> All right. Well, guys, listen, yeah. uh, thank you so much for joining us. This has yeah. been great. I'm serious. I'll meet you at Parkway. Right. Uh, the Ravens Roost is on, or the uh, the Get Bent is on me. Tell me. I brought your Red Bull. kombucha oh, down there, yeah. buddy. <laughs> okay. There you go. I'll bring you a Red Bull. Okay. Don't tell your parents. That's better. <laughs> so. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. All right. Yeah. All right. 
It's the Rider Up Podcast, and we are presented by Visit Virginia's Blue Ridge because we want you to know how great the riding is here in the western third of the state of Virginia. We are in Roanoke, Virginia, in the mountains, and recording in Roanoke at Cardinal Bicycles location in Grandin Village. John Carlin with Dan Lucas, and Dan, it's tool time. It's tool time. And today, it's uh, I have a big blue, a big blue and gray box today. Yeah. Um, this is a a bleed kit specifically. It's a Shimano professional disc brake bleed kit, TLBR zero zero one two and three for any of you uh, nerds out there that uh, know what it is by heart. Um, and what this is, um, so the reason I brought this today is that um, if you're a, an aspiring mechanic or a home mechanic. Um, something that a lot of people take to the bike shop, um, th th they'll take their bike to the bike shop to get the, the brakes bled. So that is when you have a hydraulic disc brake and their um, air gets introduced into the system, the brake feels spongy, or it's not providing enough power to slow you down. You need to bleed it. You need to get that air out. You need to put fresh fluid in. It's like changing the oil in your truck, right? Like the oil breaks down. Eventually, it's not going to work as well. So okay. heat and stuff like that. So... I brought this kit because um, this is a great example of something that you can buy and you can learn how to do at home and it will save you a lot of money. And um, it is it looks like you're doing mad scientist stuff, um, but it is uh, super important um, for the performance of your bike. Um, and if you ignore it, eventually, um, you're just going to have to buy new brakes because you know things break down. Like I said, it's like changing the sure. oil in your vehicle. Sure. So, um, I mean, can the average person do this? Yeah, um, the average person can. There is, you know, typically there's YouTube videos, stuff like that. Um, but I was also going to say um, I'm going to have a class here at Cardinal later in the month. Um, and uh, we're going to start with Shimano. We're also going to do SRAM brake bleeds. But um, you'll be able to sign up for that soon uh, on, our, on our website. And um, what will happen is you can come in, you can learn about the parts of this toolkit, and then you can also learn how to actually perform the procedure for yourself. Um, and I think it's a, a super important and useful thing to be able to do as a home mechanic. It doesn't require any special machines. Everything that you need is in the box, aside from some um, brake fluid. Um, right. And so, yeah, I, I kind of wanted to share that. I think it's a great tool to have. Um, and then uh, it's a great skill to have. Um, and yeah, so, so be on the lookout for that hopefully soon. I might even be able to have it up before this podcast goes live. There may be a link. If not, we'll add the link. We can add the point. link later. Um, yeah, I, I actually have one of those. Have one. Believe have you ever it or used not, it? I used it because my previous mountain bike, I upgraded the brakes to XT brakes. Yeah. And so I had to go through the whole process. Yep. And I watched the YouTube videos, and I did it, and I put that in the on the shelf, and it hasn't been out since. <laughs> so probably five years. Um, so that fluid is now black. That bike no longer exists. Oh, it doesn't exist yeah, anymore. I've, yeah, I've, I've moved on to yeah. another. Well, it exists. My son has it now. Yeah. So so it is black. Okay. But it's black in his basement, not mine. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. It's so y you can do that if you uh, would prefer the. Um, the in-person thing, uh, come to our class and you will actually get, so if you sign up for the Shimano class, um, this is included in the price of the class, which oh, is okay. the professional brake bleed kit. Um, and then for the SRAM, we're going to have the, the, the SRAM version. Um, so we'll have brakes for you to, we're going to set them up. You're going to be able to learn how to do it on a brake here at the shop, not on your brakes, 
you'll get to take this home and do it there. But we have we'll have a mock set up so you can learn all the tips and tricks and things that we use as professionals here on your own stuff. So okay. Yeah. And you want to give a shout out to some guys that are riding Leadville. Oh, man, yeah. So uh, enough of the tools. Thank you. Um, I wanted to quickly. Um, so I have couple gentlemen that have uh, become friends of the shop here and then also kind of you know they've become friend just personal friends as well and their names are um, Randy Wood and Ralph Butler and these two guys uh, last year Randy competed in the Leadville 100 um, finished it has this buckle um, Randy's an awesome uh, awesome guy and his good friend Ralph this year wanted to get in on the action or punishment however you want to look at it and uh, they are actually flying out today. It's 11.32 on Friday. And I think they're flying out today, heading to Leadville. They have a week to acclimate, get some practice um, riding in. And then they are going to do the team um, portion. Of the, it's a stage race they're doing this time. Um, oh, okay. And so I'm real pumped for those guys. Um, they sh have shown a lot of trust in me um, in, in giving them um, – skills and giving them advice on bikes and parts and everything and so i'm just pumped to see them uh compete out there it's pretty cool all so right. yeah big shout out to ralph and randy all Good right luck, maybe guys. maybe ralph and randy wanna, will want to come back and uh and let us you know share with our listeners how how that went absolutely i think i would love to have them on and talk to them about you know their experience out there in leadville it's a different kind of race a different kind of terrain everything so it'd be really neat to you know, pick their brain about the experience for sure. So awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Good luck guys. Yeah. And have you been watching the, the tour de France? Uh, tour de France. I'm, I'm drawing a blanket what you're talking okay, about. Okay. So there's this continent uh, across the Atlantic ocean from here and there, there's a country called France <laughs> and they, and they do this, they do this really, uh, w some, to some people, Dan, it's a very well-known race. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. Who are those people? No, I'm sorry. Uh -huh. <laughs> right. No. So uh, I've I've been watching. I have been absorbing, um, you know, uh, just adjacently absorbing information um, from t t Toby and uh, some of the other guys at the shop will have it on. Um, it'll be playing over by the cafe. Yeah. Every and time I walk in the shop, it's on the TV. It, it, well, yeah, you can thank Toby for that. He right. does not go a day. If the, if the tour is on, it is on in the shop. He doesn't play around. <laughs> As it should be. Yeah. It's a bike yeah. shop. Yeah, no, And it's no, the no. biggest bike race in the world. Yeah. No, I, um, I, you know, I have, I'm really trying because I think that I would find it fascinating, but it, it's like the worst time of year for me to get into something new because I have kids and it's summer. <laughs> it is. It's hard. It's hard. Although when my kids were growing up, I made them watch the tour stages with me. Yeah. I didn't have to make them because they wanted to. Yeah. Which was cool. They kind of got hooked on they it. Got, like, yeah. Well, that was back in the Lance Armstrong days before all the stuff. America. So yeah. we were, we were all of a sudden there was an American and, yeah. and, you know, year after year for, you know, for seven years he was he was winning yeah and so then it became a thing it's like how's lance gonna we were big lance armstrong fans um and so we so but i, I in july i kind of put everything else in my life on hold in the mornings <laughs> i get up in the morning and i watch so this year is it's been a two-man race uh and it was looking like it was going to be one for the ages between uh, tade pagacha uh who is uh slovakian and uh, Jonas Vingago, who uh, is from Denmark. Denmark, yes. I knew it was one of the... Thomas the, Nodding, he yeah, says okay, yes. Yeah, okay, yeah, so it's Denmark. Um, 
and they were only ten seconds apart, you know, through this whole race. Okay. And then and then Mingugo on the time trial put about a minute and a half on Pogachar and then uh and then Pogachar blew up on one of the one of the big mountain stages and now it's like a seven minute difference in the race. Even is man, over. seven minutes over how many how many days and stages are we talking? Twenty one days. Twenty one stages. Okay. And but I mean to, to go to go that far, that's one of the biggest gaps ever, seven minutes. Oh, really? But, oh, it, okay. but when they were at 10 seconds, that was one of the smallest gaps ever. And it was yeah, looking 10 like this seconds. Was, it was looking like it was going to go down to the last day. Sounds crazy. And blew up. So it, he blew up. Is it over? <laughs> it's, I mean, so, so by the time people hear this podcast. It'll be done. It will be done. Okay. And, and bingo go, unless he falls off his bike, will be the when's, winner. When's will the last the day of the tour? It is this coming Sunday. So you and I are recording oh. on Friday. Okay. So it's this coming Sunday. So All right. what, three days hence. I got yeah. three days to get into this. You know what? At this time, I think <laughs> I just back off. But the nice thing is, is if you subscribe on Peacock, you can go back and watch all the previous stages. Okay. And each stage is only about five or six hours long. Don't tell anybody, but I so think I got um, one of my friend's logins for Peacock. Uh, I'll watch it. I won't tell us all. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think you probably want to do that. But listen, so um, man, we had a great time having yeah. Thorpe and Henry in here today. Yeah. Uh, and and I really want people to go read some of Thorpe's yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, just the, the descriptors and the feeling you get when you're reading it is really cool. And um, if you're not following Henry on Instagram, his exploits at uh, racing, racing bikes fast, you should do that too. Yeah, and he's really good. Great kid, yeah. He's so humble. He is. You know, I mean, he's just, and it's just the way you want a kid to be. So you want him to be, you yeah. You know, you want him to be good and you and you want him to enjoy it yeah. and you don't want him to be braggadocious. Yeah, no, he's a, he's a good kid. I'm proud. Uh, he's not mine, but I am definitely proud of him for yeah. sure. Great. All right. Well, thank you all for listening to the Rider Up podcast presented by Visit Virginia's Blue Ridge. We hope you've enjoyed it and we'll see you next time. Hope to see you out there riding.